Welcome to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Podcast in Scottsdale, Arizona. We are Christian Disciples in Mission. A very busy month and a half for us as Catholics. It began at the beginning of December with the season of Advent that recalls Christ has once come. We remember him at his birth, that he's present with us even at this very moment. But the Christian theme is the promise that he will come again to establish his kingdom. And then we remembered the incarnation, the birth of Jesus. What a powerful theology that God understands humanity by becoming one like us. And that Jesus experiences everything that you and I experience in our lives. We don't have a God that is so foreign of humanity that he doesn't understand or that he only watches at a distance waiting for us to make mistakes. That theology teaches us that God has compassion and understanding in being a human being, both in our joys and successes and in our failures and in our sorrows. God is there. And then... We've moved on to the point now that ends the Christmas season, the feast of the baptism of the Lord. This begins Jesus' public ministry. Scriptures really doesn't give much information about Jesus' first 30 years. That's not the intent of what they've written the Gospels about. But we know that at the baptism, it's a turning point for Jesus. The baptism by John the Baptist in the River Jordan. Now, for Luke's gospel, this is the gospel we're going to hear the rest of the year, all the way until next, the beginning of the Advent season next year. And in this, the baptism, the empowerment for Jesus comes not at the baptism, but at the Holy Spirit. In Aramaic, the word Holy Spirit means God's breath. God's breath. That Jesus receives God's breath. That he is his son and that he is pleased with him. And thus begins his journey. A journey that goes into a world not much different than ours. If Jesus were to be here today and begin his ministry here in 2022 in this country and in the world, he's dealing with the same issues back then as he is right now. Political upheaval. Suspicion of foreigners and racism. People struggling economically. People with divisions and people in religion so full of rigidity. So much suffering and diseases that are going around that Jesus is equipped to deal with the same world that you and I are dealing with right now. These past few weeks for you, but especially for me too, have been very, very tiring because there is a lot of anxiety and concern right now as we begin the new year. And and there's a lot of suffering. And this week, I really struggled what to preach with you. I had a wonderful homily preached out, but I don't know what to say other than what's in my heart. And I think Jesus being equipped and going into a world is a great comfort for me because he knows what we're all dealing with. Because he dealt pretty much with the same exact things that we are right now. Luke's gospel will be the gospel we're going to hear for the entire year. And I want to let you know something. God's at it again. It's the most perfect gospel for us. It's the things we need to hear. And if we open ourselves to each gospel Sunday, 
We're going to learn some very powerful things. But Luke gives us disciples today two themes to work on in dealing with this difficult world situation that we find ourselves in. First of all, Luke talks a lot about prayer. In the Bible, whenever Jesus is about to do something important in the Gospel of Luke, he prays right before the baptism and right afterwards. Any significant event that Jesus is about to do or be asked to do, it always centers on prayer. And Luke is reminding disciples today at St. Patrick's and those who are viewing online today that prayer is essential for discipleship. What is prayer? I think it's, it can be a whole lot of things to people, but sometimes we get so confused because we enter prayer like we do in everything in our, ourselves is it has to be result-oriented. It has to be successful. Sometimes you and I don't understand prayer because we compare to other people. Well, I can't give three hours like uncle so-and-so does or aunt so-and-so does. I, I don't have time. I'm overwhelmed. I don't know how to pray. And, you know, I only pray when I really need something. I just don't understand it. Or I say all my prayers, but it gets very boring. Prayer is simply spending time with God. Just time to stop. And be still with God. That's a great starting point for prayer for anyone. Whether you're an expert at it and done it for years. Or you're just struggling like many other people. It's just being still with God. And sometimes you don't have to say anything. You know, people will come up to me sometimes and they'll say, Is it a sin to have my mind wander during Mass? And I always say, Only during the homily. My friends, our minds do wander, and that's not a sin. There's so much going on. But some masses, we're going to be so in tuned and so focused, and other masses, we're going to be overwhelmed by life, but yet God just loves your time. He loves your presence. He loves you being still. And that's not success. That's just simply saying, God, that's a powerful statement that I need you, and I'm still with you. I used to be a busboy at Little America in Flagstaff, Arizona, working my way through college seminary. And I remember as a young guy there, I'd go and you serve people. I would see couples, older couples being married. And the problem I had as a young man was they would sit there in the meal and not say one word. They'd just look at each other, they'd read the paper, they'd look outside, whatever. But they never, every time I was around them, they never talked. And I used to always say, that's horrible. You know, that's terrible. They're not in a good marriage. They're not, oh, they're terrible. I mean, that's awful. And finally, one wise person took me aside and says, look, listen up, Eric. When you've lived there for so long, sometimes there's just nothing to say except being with each other. And you know, that's so true. I look at some friendships that we don't have to talk. When I hang out with them, we don't have to talk about the weather. We can be still because what? We know each other's thoughts, or we feel so comfortable that we can just be together. And sometimes marriages are like that, especially long-term marriages. You have a lot to talk about because there's a lot going on, and other times there's really nothing to say with verbs, with words, rather. And that's kind of like with God. God does all the prayer. And again, I wish I could get all of you to understand but St. Paul talks about what prayer is in the epistles. Please read those if you're very sincere. But here's what Paul says. You and I are not doing the praying. 
It's the Holy Spirit, God's breath, that comes into us that allows us to say the words. All we simply do is be still and be quiet. We don't have to say anything unless we want to. And then the Spirit prays on our behalf. So don't think God is up there mad because you're not quoting the right prayers or the Our Father's too fast or you only gave me two seconds. Huh? You, with practice, you have to just simply give time and be still and let God speak to you. Prayer is essential. But you know what? You may not get it today, but you're going to have a whole year to work on it because you're going to see example after example of Jesus praying, but Luke will remind us, disciples, make prayer. Pray before you do something. It can be very quick and very simple. And those of you who are really good with prayer, keep it up. We need your prayers. But don't be afraid to go deeper. Some people only do rote prayers by remembering prayers from 50 years ago. Sometimes it's okay to put that down and simply be still with God. Give time to God be quiet and be still. Let that be a starting point for this entire year because you will see Luke's gospel inspire you. The second thing that will help us deal with what the world is dealing with us right now, it's meal. It's meal. Luke is the gospel of meals and eating and drinking. That's what it's about, and that's where our gift is to give us sustaining Food for the journey. And so in Luke's gospel, Jesus invites a toll collector named Levi to be one of the 12. And he invites him to dinner and they sit with tax collectors and all types of sinners. And Jesus eats with them. Jesus visits Simon the Pharisee and a woman, a sinner, comes and anoints his feet during the dinner. Jesus sees Zacchaeus, a very short man on a tree, a tax collector, and Jesus yells at him, Zacchaeus, I'm eating at your house tonight. What's for dinner? Chicken? Huh? Yeah, he eats with them. At the last supper before his death, Jesus eats with the disciples. And after the resurrection, he's still eating. Luke is the gospel where Jesus eats his way through Galilee. And he is big as I am. I'm, that's what I'm proud of, huh? You know, he eats that because the meal is central. The communion with God. And I think it's important at this time that so many Catholics are fading away from their coming to meal. And I need you to listen to it with better ears than you have in the past or the way that you've been taught. People are going to hear this homily today, and I can't control that. Maybe you hear it that way today, but maybe one day you'll really get it. It's not about mass attendance. It's not about missing it is a mortal sin, and you're bad Catholics if you never come, and what's wrong with you? It's an invitation to know that to be a disciple means you need to eat because you and I are hungry. We're hungering for something, and many times you and I eat things that are not good for us. St. Patrick's really works hard to be hospitable and explain our beautiful Catholic rituals to Catholics who come for weddings and funerals and other celebrations. And if you've ever been to our parish for that or watched it online, like Father Mark Harrington's homily, you see what we do. 
that we explain to people who are Catholics who have been far away, a long time away from the table, or those who are not of the Catholic faith. We explain our rights to them. And this is how it goes. I always tell them the Mass is divided into two parts. The first part we've just completed, I say, is called the Liturgy of the Word, the gathering of God's people. That's all people into sacred places and always hearing from the Scriptures, the powerful Word of God. That's why everyone who's not Catholic or Catholic can be reminded that the Bible is read all the time, that we believe in the Scriptures. We're called to live the Scriptures, and there's never a Mass without Scriptures. And then the second part of the Mass, I said, is called the Liturgy of the Eucharist. That's the part we're going to start in just a bit as soon as I stop talking, whenever that is. Huh? And the Liturgy of the Eucharist in Greek, Eucharist means thanksgiving. Or giving thanks. So the body language and mindset of anyone at the table of the Lord is one of gratitude and thanksgiving for things that we're automatically grateful for. And, and yes, unfortunately, sometimes those things you and I just take for granted. And yet still Jesus calls us to the table with gifts of bread and wine. And then through the power of the Holy Spirit, I say, the gifts of bread and wine become the body and blood of Christ Food for our long journey. And then I stopped there for a minute on purpose. You should see the faces of Catholics and people who aren't of the Catholic faith. I watch them whenever I say, this is food for the long journey. You know why? Because they're grieving the loss of a loved one. They're happy because of marriage, and yet their family is changing. There's a little loss there, but... They need guidance, but they're filled with joy on that beautiful wedding day. My friends, this is food for our journey. And then the word mass, misa in Latin, means to be sent. That what we receive here must be taken out through the doors and lived in the world. My friends, this meal is food for our long journey. And you need to be sustained. And it's a gift. And that's why St. Patrick's works hard in making sure all of you keep coming to the table. But right now, there are many people who have faded away, who've lost, who've made other things a priority. Some for serious reason because they can't come right now. Sometimes there's just vulnerable people they're taking care of. It's not judgment against you. It's an invitation. Some of you, really, this isn't important. You've made other things a priority. That's why St. Patrick's has not stopped offering Sunday communion from 9.15 to 10.15. With this new variant coming, some people are being more scared than ever, but the host is offered for you. You know, some parishes have decided to stop it because they don't think it's, it's not the right thing or it doesn't the completeness of Mass. You know what? We're hurting right now. And whatever way God comes to us should be there. And the people who've come, about 100 right now, who are so grateful that we're offering that they can feel safe, that they can go and then pray the Mass online. Those of you who have to watch online, and some of you may have to go back to it because this variant is spreading around quickly and you're taking time to quarantine or step away to keep people safe, pray the Mass online. Just don't view it and don't fast forward past my homily, okay? <laughs> you know, pray the entire Mass. Pray it because it's prayer. It's not you sitting, you know, watch, eating waffles in your pajamas and going, oh, that's a good messenger. Why doesn't he preach more on this? It's prayer. And, and you have to do it for right now. It's not forever. 
And so the weekday mass is offered. Some of you can't get on Sunday. Some of you feel uncomfortable or will soon or whatever's happening or you have friends or neighbors that have been away. The entire church is open and 100 people come Monday through Friday every day, 8 a.m. for mass. And you can sit far away from people and come and receive communion and pray. It's a half-hour mass. So it's a quicker homily and no music. You're in and out, just like our burgers. And you just come and pray. See, here's what's going to happen on Judgment Day. Here's what's going to happen for every one of you. That you're all going to ask God, where were you? Where were you in my difficult moments? Why did you allow things to happen? Why weren't you present? And all of us are going to go, you were always there. It's not a host. It's not an obligation. It's not about mortal sin if you miss. It's not that you're a bad Catholic if you don't go every week and keep score. But my friends, you cannot deal with problems of the world without the meal. How do Catholics live without it? Tell me the secret and I'll join you. But you're doomed to fail. Food for our long journey. That's why you're here. And it works every time, whether you like the homily or not, or like the music or not, or like the people around you or not. God says, get over that. But he's saying, eat and drink. So, Jesus is baptized. He enters the world just like ours, just like you and I, who are disciples. And we have the whole year of Luke. Two things that disciples are going to be helped in dealing with crisis in our lives in the world. Prayer. Meal. Let's be open to the entire year of Luke's beautiful gospel. Thank you for listening to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Homily Podcast. We are Christian Disciples in Mission 